Hello, everyone, and good afternoon, and welcome to our, Medi our Medicare webinar today. We're going to be talking about how to transition to Medicare, especially from a group health insurance plan. My name is April Schoen, and I have with us on the call today, John Curry, author of Preparing for a Secure Retirement. Hey, John. Hey, April. Hello, everyone. So glad that you guys could join us. I'm going to give, um, I usually like to give just like a minute or two. I know some people we jumping on here. We had, um, I think John over around like, last I looked about 85 people had registered for today's webinar. So um, I know sometimes it takes a few minutes for everybody to get in. So while we're doing that, I want to go through just a couple of housekeeping items. First, I wanna let you know, we are gonna to record today's presentation. And so uh, that usually takes a couple weeks for that to be prepared, but we will have this recorded and have it available for you. If you don't have it handy, grab a, uh, a piece of paper and a pen like I have here. <clears throat> We're gonna be going through a lot of information today on Medicare, um, some things like a little checklist, if you will, that you need to be walking through as you're getting ready to transition to Medicare. We're going to talk about how much you should be looking at from a budget standpoint for Medicare. So lots of good information. So just uh, have a piece of paper, a pen handy to jot down any notes or any questions you may have. You know, we're going to be going through the presentation. We've got a lot of, of information to cover. When John and I, we were just talking about how when we used to have live events, and so we had our live seminars and we would do them on Social Security and Medicare, and they were always over an hour long. They were an hour and a half. And so don't worry, we're not going to be keeping you an hour and a half today. Um, we're going to kind of condense it down and, and get this information to you. So a little bit about you know who we are. Um, John has been in the financial services industry for it's 46 year on your going on 46 years, right, John? That's correct. Just yes. started the 46th year in September last year. So John has been helping clients with retirement planning issues like social security Medicare, IRA rollovers, required minimum distributions and inherited IRAs since 1975. A lot has changed in the last 45, 46 years. And there's a lot of lessons that we've learned along the way about uh, what really works for people and what doesn't work for people when it comes to retirement planning. I've been working with John uh, almost seven years, uh, coming up on my seventh anniversary working with John. And I worked with a previous firm in Tallahassee before that for about four years as well. So. Um, we really do specialize in helping people get ready for retirement. And that's why we're having this webinar today to talk about Medicare. Um, John, I know you'll agree with me when I say that healthcare tends to be the number one concern that people have when they first meet with us. When you say that's true. Let me jump in. It's either one or two. So let me tell you what we see, folks. If you take a look at a, a seesaw some people the number one fear is how do i cover my health care costs in retirement and for others number one is i'm worried about running out of money and i like to ask them are you worried about running out of money or running out of income because there is a difference 
properly design your plan, you may run out of money, but you should never ever run out of income. So, and that, that's not a topic for today, but this whole issue about transitioning to Medicare, I've done it, I'm 68. So uh, a lot of what we're covering today, I've already been through. So I will jump in every now and then uh, along with April and share some experiences that I've had and maybe even offer a little tidbit here or there. Yes, I hope that you'll uh, you share your experience. I know you're collecting Social Security and on Medicare, so I think that's some good information for those on the call to have. And one thing I like to point out, too, is that uh, our team here, so it's not a, a one-man show or a one-woman show. We've got a great group of our team. So you've got uh, Zach Hirschler and myself are here in Jacksonville, and then in Tallahassee, We've got John Curry, Audie Ritter, and Jay Wolf. So again, we've got a great team of people around us to, to help our clients navigate these complicated issues. And um, on that topic too, before we get too much into the presentation, make sure that you've got our contact information. I know some of you may have to jump off the call early because that does happen because everyone's busy. So if you do, I just wanna make sure you have our contact information. Um, I'd recommend those on the call that we schedule a time for a phone appointment. This would be a good time for you to discuss any goals or concerns that you may have about retirement planning or especially about Medicare. We get this request a lot too about having a copy of the PowerPoint slides because again, there's a lot of information that we're gonna go through. And yes, we can send you over a, a copy of the PowerPoint slides if you'll just send us an email, you can email me or you can email John or really anyone on the team and we'll get you a copy of those of the PowerPoint slides after the presentation. All right, let's get started. So we're going to really talk about today is transitioning to Medicare and how health insurance works when you leave your job. So this is all going to be about healthcare planning uh, around your retirement. So when we think about health insurance, we think of them in different silos. So right now, if you're still working, you may be getting your health insurance through your employer or through your spouse's employer. <clears throat> so your, your health insurance comes is tied to your employment. And when you retire, you may go into one of these other silos for your health insurance, which if you're over 65 will probably be Medic Medicare. And if you're under 65, you'll most likely get some individual health insurance, which we're gonna talk about a little bit later too. So that's why we're having this webinar today is to really talk about how to transition your health insurance from your employer plan to Medicare. And we know we hear it all the time, it can be very disrupting uh, to go from your employer-sponsored health insurance plan into something else like Medicare because it feels completely different and it's challenging, it's tricky. So that's why we're gonna cover that information today. That's an understatement, by the way, because people say oh, it's no big deal. But once you start having to go in and present two or three cards, uh, instead of just your employer proof of uh, insurance, uh, I'll touch on that when it's appropriate. Yes, it is. It's very different and I get it. It's very, it's very scary to be quite honest with you. So that's why we're having this today. We want you to have information so you feel comfortable about what health insurance is going to look like for you in retirement. 
So this healthcare challenge, the challenges around healthcare and retirement, we really think of these as three separate issues. So first, we wanna make sure that you have a smooth transition from your employer health insurance to Medicare. If you have a smooth transition, this means you're going to avoid late enrollment penalties. You're gonna avoid having any coverage gaps when you go from one insurance to the other. And you're also gonna make sure that you have adequate coverage because Medicare doesn't cover everything. So you're gonna wanna find the right insurance to fill in the gaps and also cover your prescription drug coverage. Excuse me, cover your prescription drugs. The second issue around healthcare planning and retirement is we wanna make sure that you have an understanding of the potential costs, especially what are those costs gonna be for you that first year of retirement? Because while you're working, your premiums are most likely being subsidized by your employer. If you pay a portion of the premiums, they're coming directly out of your paycheck. So you may not even really be aware of exactly how much you're paying. But once you retire, you're on your own. You'll be paying the premiums yourself. And so we need to make sure that you have an appropriate budget for that. The third issue is that you want to start thinking about lifetime healthcare expenses, including chronic care. So as you age through retirement, health and healthcare costs are gonna go up due to just normal inflation when it comes to healthcare. So we, in one hand, we need to just plan for having higher expenses down the road. The other thing is as you age, you may need more care, you may need more prescription drugs. And so that can also cause your healthcare expenses to go up. So the amount you budget for that first year, it's probably gonna go up in the years ahead. So we wanna make sure that we um, we take a look at that and have a plan for it. John, um, let me pause there before I kind of get into more about the agenda and what we're gonna cover. So from your viewpoint, what do you see about these three issues that, uh, that we just mentioned? Well, I know you're gonna cover in more detail the proper way to get ready to transition to Medicare, but I just wanna go ahead and set the stage now, folks, so you can hear it first and then you'll see the slides that will help. The big issue for me was when do I retire? And I went into Medicare Part A at age 65 when you have to do it. But I was covered under a group plan that has 20 or more employees and I didn't want to retire and quit working. So I stayed under the group plan for two years. Then I transitioned over to Medicare. But I want to share what happened when I went on the Medicare website. I had to explain as best I could why I was not enrolling in Part B. So Part A, I had to then fill out the section that said that um, I was under a group plan and I was deferring Part B. Some people I know personally have messed that part up. And they ended up getting a uh, Medicare Part B premium taken out of the Social Security check before they thought they would. So that's important. But it's also very important to understand that your health care costs in the first year are probably going to be quite a bit higher than you anticipate. I know for me it was. And, I, and I'm pretty good at this stuff. I thought I had it down really well. But there were a few little things that surprised me. And then the coordination April of giving Medicare, a Medicare supplement, and the drug plan. That, all those pieces have to be coordinated. 
And then I had to make sure that when my coverage ended on the group plan, that I did not have a gap in coverage. So what you said earlier, remember, I didn't have a penalty, and I certainly did not want to be without coverage, considering I've had uh, open-heart surgery back in 2008. Uh, so obviously, uh, if you have any health situations, pre-existing conditions, you cannot afford to have even one day of breaking coverage. So I, I would just leave it there for now, and then I can come back in um, where appropriate. That sounds great. Yeah, we're going to be covering through some of that. And, you know, and John, too, we're going to talk about some of the mistakes that we've seen people make, like you just mentioned. So uh, we'll get into some specific details there. Try to help everybody. Okay, so here's, um, let's talk about how we're going to tackle these issues. So the first thing we're going to talk about is, is how does Medicare work with employer insurance? You know, we showed earlier uh, Medicare having its own separate silo from employer insurance but there can be a little bit of overlap. So we're gonna make sure you understand how that works. Second, we're gonna talk about who needs to enroll in Medicare and when. We'll uh, cover the circumstances that dictate when you need to enroll in Medicare. We're gonna talk about how to enroll in Medicare. It's very easy, I can promise you. And we'll discuss how private insurance works with Medicare to make sure you've got that adequate coverage. We're also gonna go through a sample budget that can help you create your own. So really, uh, I'll tell you to our overarching message here is gonna be to make sure that you have a plan for how you're gonna pay for healthcare in retirement. That's the main key issue. So let's first get about how Medicare works with employer insurance. So- hey, well, May I jump in for a moment? Yeah, I of course. A... Folks, some of you, I bet you money are sitting there going, okay, John and April don't work for Medicare or Social Security. Uh, we don't even sell a Medicare supplement plan. So why do we care about this? Here's why we care. Personally, I've been doing this for almost half a century. That's a long time. And the more I do it, the more I realize how little information is getting to people, which is really strange because we've got so much information available to us, we get paralyzed with it. So the material that we're covering today and in future webinars is to help you identify the issues that most people who call themselves retirement planners or financial planners don't even know about it, much less understand it. So this is something that out of necessity of helping people over the years, I've had to learn and grow as my clients got older. Our oldest clients were 102. A lot of clients are in their mid-90s, late-90s. So... I have benefited tremendously from people asking me questions and everyone's experienced the same thing. So we just want to take what we know are facts and get them out there to you. Don't expect you to remember every bit of it, but at least you'll remember, oh, okay, I remember April and John talking about this and maybe we can help you. That's right. Good point. Okay. All right, so let's talk about uh, coordination of benefits when you do have a, a group plan, when you're still on a group plan and with Medicare. So let's talk about um, how health in, how healthcare bills get paid. So right now, if you're working or you're on some sort of group plan, your doctor sends your bills to your health group health plan and that's how they get paid. When there are two separate insurance companies, though, if there's two insurance companies that are involved, such as a group health plan and Medicare, there is a primary payer and a secondary payer. 
the primary payer will pay up to its limits, and then the bill is sent to the secondary payer. So if you're still working, and if you're covered by a health plan that covers 20 or more employees, that group health plan pays first. They're the primary payer. If you're also enrolled at Medicare at the time, which means you would be over age 65, if the bill is not fully covered by your group health plan, then Medicare will pay its portions up to its limits. But here's what's most important about this table is if you're covered by a health plan that covers fewer than 20 employees, if you're on a retiree plan, or if you're on COBRA. So in those situations, Medicare actually pays first and the other plan is the secondary payer. But in order for Medicare to pay, it must you must be enrolled in Medicare. And if you aren't enrolled in Medicare and they're supposed to be the primary payer, well, your other insurance may not pay the bills either. So effectively in that case, you wouldn't have any insurance. So that's why it's so important that you enroll in Medicare on time. So let's talk about who needs to enroll in Medicare and when. So we're gonna walk through some different uh, kind of case studies, some different circumstances about when you'd enroll in Medicare. So first let's talk about if you're under 65 and you're still working. Well, there's nothing for you to do for Medicare yet. You're not eligible for Medicare until you turn 65, which can be a big uh, concern. I understand there's different things that you can do, which we're gonna get into if you're under 65, but nothing to do for Medicare until you're over 65. If you're under 65 and retired, again, you're not eligible for Medicare yet, so you'll have to get your insurance from a secondary source. Perhaps if you are married, you might be able to go on uh, your spouse's group plan, or maybe your employer offers some sort of retiree plan. But if that's not the case, if you do not have spousal coverage or retiree coverage, then you can buy health insurance on your state insurance exchange, and then you may or may not get a subsidy depending on your income. So that's a topic that's a, the insurance exchange is a little different topic. We're not gonna get into details about that today. We're really gonna be focused in on Medicare, but if you're under 65 and retired, that is an option. So now let's talk about if you're working and you're over 65. So it gets a little more complicated here. So if you're over 65 and still working, the first question you wanna ask is, does your employer plan cover 20 or more employees? That's the first question. So if the answer is yes, if your employer covers more than 20 employees, then you can stay on your employer plan and you can delay enrolling in Medicare. However, you should talk to your benefits administrator to see if you need to enroll in any part of Medicare, especially ask if you need to enroll in Part A. Part A is, is what we've been paying into throughout our working career. So usually it is free and that is what provides hospital coverage. And a lot of times that hospital coverage through Medicare can be better than your employer plan. So just talk to your benefits administrator if you're still working and over age 65 to find out if you need to enroll in part A at 65. 
One little caveat here is if you have a high deductible plan and have an HSA, you definitely want to talk to your benefits administrator about this because you cannot enroll in Part A and still contribute to an HSA. So just want you to be aware of that. If you, that is your situation, if you have an HSA, you cannot um, be enrolled in Part A and still contribute to an HSA. So that's one of the things that you're going to want to take into consideration. All right, let's go back to this question about if you're over 65 and working, and does your employer plan cover 20 or more employees? So we saw that if the answer was yes, you may delay enrolling in Medicare, but you should talk to your employee benefits administrator. But what if the answer is no? What if your plan does not cover more than 20 employees? If that's the case, then you must enroll in Medicare age 65 in order to have complete coverage and avoid any penalties. So if you remember in that table that we saw earlier, if your plan covers less than 20 employees, then Medicare is the primary payer and they'll pay first on any sort of you know, health care claims. But in order for them to pay, you have to be enrolled in Medicare and you want to also make sure you're enrolled so that you can avoid any of those late uh, penalties. So the number one thing here, if you're over 65 working, but your plan covers less than 20 employees, you're going to want to talk to your benefits administrator to find out how your insurance works with Medicare. Because your health insurance at work may change a little bit. Unlike the insurance you had before age 65, your insurance after age 65 is designed to coordinate with Medicare. And you may want to keep that employer plan for some supplemental coverage to kind of fill in any of those gaps that Medicare doesn't pay. Um, but since Medicare is the primary payer, you definitely need to make sure that you enroll in part A and B. As a reminder, we had a webinar two weeks ago where we went through the basics of Medicare and went through um, all about Part A and Part B and D and C coverage. So if you've got some questions about, you know, what are these Parts A and B that April and John are talking about, let us know. We did record that webinar as well, and we can get that sent over to you. But Part A covers hospitalizations, and Part B is what covers doctor's bills and procedures. Now, drug coverage works a little bit different if your employer plan offers coverage that's at least good as Medicare's, then it's considered credible coverage by Medicare, and you don't have to enroll in a separate prescription drug plan. And your company will give you a letter stating that. They're going to give you a letter saying, hey, yes, the certifying that the plan that you're on is considered credible coverage. However, if it's not credible coverage, then in this case, you're also going to need to sign up for some part of Part D to have drug coverage. And again, this is all for people who are, if you're over 65 and working, but your plan covers less than 20 employees. So when you are, when you turn 65, whether you're working or you're retired, we would recommend that you call Social Security Administration and ask them about enrolling in Medicare. So we would recommend that you call them and find out if uh, they suggest that you need to enroll in any parts of Medicare. 
If you're working and covered by an over 20 employer plan, then they'll most likely say no, they should be saying no. And we recommend that you make a record of that conversation. Jot down the date and the time and the name of the person that you spoke with and a summary of the conversation. And then keep that for when you eventually do enroll in Medicare. There have been cases where people get uh, wrong information about when to enroll in Medicare. And if they don't enroll in time, then they get late penalties. But if you were given uh, wrong information by someone from the Social Security Administration, then you can ask for them to waive those penalties. That's only if you get bad advice from someone at Social Security Administration and not from anyone else. If you're not working or you're covered by an under, under 20 employer plan, then the Social Security Administration is gonna say, yes, you need to go ahead and enroll in Medicare. So what are these late enrollment penalties that we keep talking about? So late enrollment penalties, if you do not enroll in Part B when you're supposed to, you're gonna have to pay an additional 10% for every 12 months that you should have been enrolled. So for example, the Part B premium for 2021 is $148.50. So if you were getting charged a late penalty, you're gonna to have to pay an additional $14.85 per month this year for Medicare. And then next year, if premiums go up, you have to still pay another additional 10%. So that goes on and that goes on for the rest of your life. It's not a one-time thing. This late penalty goes on for the rest of your life. That's why you're, you'll probably get tired of hearing us say how important it is for you to enroll in Medicare on time. Um, one little note we want to bring up about COBRA, because this is where we can see some uh, issues there, too. So earlier we saw in that chart that COBRA pays secondary to Medicare. And sometimes it's quite common for someone when they retire, if they retire and they're under 65, they may go on COBRA for up to 18 months after leaving employment. The thing to remember here is that COBRA is not considered an over 20 employer plan. And so you still have to follow the general rules for enrolling in Medicare to make sure that not only do you have coverage, adequate coverage, but that you don't have any late penalties. Some people have come off of COBRA after 18 months and found that they couldn't go into Medicare right away. They had to wait until the next general enrollment period, and that caused a delay for them to have coverage. So again, it's very important to enroll on, on time so that you don't have any gaps in coverage and to avoid those late enrollment penalties as well. How to enroll in Medicare? Enrolling in Medicare is very easy. You can go directly to the Medicare's website. You can go to medicare.gov and there's a button right on the first screen about applying for Medicare. If you are receiving Social Security benefits when you turn 65, you're going to automatically be enrolled in Parts A and B for Medicare. And again, you will only decline Part B if you're covered under some sort of uh, group plan that covers 20 or more employees. You can also call the Social Security Administration as well to enroll in Medicare. I want to make a quick comment there. It yeah. is easy. Even I did it. I, I, I was able to go on to the thing, get registered, and then 
I'm going to share my experience with that. Uh, about three days later, I got a telephone call from a gentleman walking me through and making sure that I understood that I did not enroll in Part B and did I understand that. And I said, yes, because I have a group plan with more than 20 employees, and I will continue on that for about another year or two. So they do follow up. They do ask you questions to make sure that you knew what you were doing. And we've had clients tell us the same thing where they got a phone call. So it's very important that when you go in, just realize you are going to get a follow-up call. Yeah, I think we've heard nothing but great things about some follow-up and making sure that things are done there. So they, they do a good job with that. Yes, they do. Yeah, I think Social Security and Medicare folks do a good job. I think sometimes they're criticized a little too harshly. Uh, I do understand sometimes you're calling get one person, you get an answer, another person, another, but for the most part, those folks do a very good job. They do. They do. All right. Let's talk about how private insurance works with Medicare to make sure that you have complete coverage in retirement. So even though Medicare is a government program, it's based on private a private insurance model. So that means it's got deductibles, co-insurance amounts, and it doesn't pay for 100% of your care. And then the prescription drug coverage, which is Part D, that uses private insurance to provide the actual insurance. So enrolling in just Parts A and B from Medicare does not finish the job. You're gonna also wanna find some private insurance to cover your drugs, drug coverage, and then also probably to cover some of the deductibles, co-insurance amounts for hospitalizations or doctor's bills. So like I said, there are some gaps that uh, Medicare doesn't cover, and that's where private insurance comes in. So the first thing you want to do is see if you have any employer or retiree insurance that will work with Medicare. If so, you may want to keep it. And again, uh, just on that drug coverage, make sure that it's credible coverage according to Medicare. And that means it's as, at least as good as Medicare's basic drug plan. The plan's gonna know if it's considered credible, so um, you don't have to worry about that. They'll know if it is, and most probably are, but you may find with some high deductible plans that they don't have the, the right coverage for you for the prescription drugs. If your employer or retiree insurance is not available, then you're gonna have two choices. You can uh, take out a Medicare supplement policy, which is also called a Medigap policy, and you can pair that with a prescription drug plan. The other option is to go with an all-inclusive insurance, which is called a Medicare Advantage plans. Advantage plans are like HMOs that involve a network of providers to deliver your care. So just one note here, when you're taking out, when you're looking at a Medigap policy or Medicare Advantage plans, you do still have to enroll in parts A and B. These are just additional coverages to fill in those gaps. Here are some key considerations for you to think about when you're deciding which way for Medicare you're gonna go. Are you gonna go with original Medicare, which means you have parts A and B, where you add in a Medigap policy and a prescription drug plan, or are you gonna go with a Medicare Advantage plan? So the one thing you wanna check on is, can you see your current doctor? 
you may want to keep with your current doctor. There may be some specialists that you want to make sure that you still have access to. So make sure whichever, whichever way you go with Medicare that your doctor can be seen. Again, those Advantage plans can have a, a network that you have to see doctors or specialists just in your network. So you want to double check that before you make that decision. The other thing to look at is how much will you be paying for your prescription drug coverage? Prescription drug coverage can get a little complicated. I know, John, you can share experiences here with us. The main thing is, is that these drug plans vary widely between the different plans because they all have a specific list of drugs that they cover. So you may have to change your plan every year, depending on which prescription drugs that you take or if the plan makes changes as well. John, you want to share your experience? I, I do. I'll keep it brief, but I had, I'm, I'm on my third plan D, third year of, of quote, retirement. Okay, so I know technically I'm retired, but I'm not retired. I, I had a situation last year where medication that I've been paying $40 a month for, my part jumped to $400 a month. $400, just for that one prescription, four, four prescriptions for that one. And so it became very clear that we came time to look at the drug plans and find a plan that covered that particular medication. I was shocked at the comparison. I knew there was big differences, but you would think it would be fairly consistent. But each Plan D provider has their own list of medications they cover and what percent. So it's very important that you don't forget that and you just you check it every year. I have my representative that did my uh, uh, Medicare supplement policy. Take a look at that each year. Sit down, let's go through it. And then the question is, do you do original Medicare with a Medicare supplement in your own plan D, or do you use Medicare Advantage that April was talking about? I looked at both. For me, for the lifestyle that I want to live and be able to do, I wanted the ability to see whatever doctor I wanted to see. Didn't want to be worried about being out of quote territory or out of network, and I also didn't want to be hampered if I wanted to travel. There's a lot of moving parts to this, and part of what we help people get clear on is okay, talk to us about your lifestyle in retirement. We need to know that anyway to determine how you're going to fund it. How how will you fund your desired lifestyle? And part of that funding, once you get into the budget here in a minute, you'll see that health insurance is a, a chunk of that. And it goes up every year. Every year, the costs get higher. That's right. Thank you for sharing that. I know uh, we've had other situations too, John, where um, a doctor recommended that prescription drugs change or trying a new medication, but that wasn't covered under that drug plan for that year. So they have to wait until open enrollment, change their plan to be able to go on this uh, this new medication. So that. A drug plan, you've got to review it every single year. Okay, what are some other considerations? One of the things we want to look at is monthly premiums. And uh, so we're going to give you some examples in a few minutes, but we want to urge you not to just look at premiums. You got to kind of take it all into consideration. Yes, what the monthly premium is important, but how much is your other, how much are your deductibles and your co-payments? How much is all of that going to add up to as well? Because if you make the decision just based on picking a plan that has the lowest monthly cost for you, the monthly premium, 
it may cost you more in the end in having some other higher co-payments or, or deductibles. So first of all, we also wanna look at too is what are some other out-of-pocket costs that you might have? Like we just mentioned, uh, co-payments for doctor's visits, and there are other services that are not covered under Medicare, like dental, vision, and hearing. Those are not covered by Medicare. So you have to make sure that you've got a plan or a budget for those items as well. So how much can you be expected to, uh, to pay after going into Medicare? So we're gonna take a look at this. Um, as we mentioned earlier, if you're on a group plan, your employer is probably subsidizing your premiums and your cost sharing, right? You're sharing the cost of that health insurance with your employer. Those amounts are taken right out of your paycheck, so you may not be aware of how much you're paying for health insurance right now. So you wanna first look at that, how much are you currently paying for health insurance, and then starting to take a look at what is it gonna look like in retirement. So, you know, or is it something where you're gonna be paying more in retirement, or are you gonna be paying less? So different expense items, you've got monthly premiums, we're gonna look at that. And then also the other out-of-pocket costs, deductibles, co-payments, co-insurance, and then any of those non-covered um, non services as well. So the base monthly premium right now for Part B for 2021 is $148.50, and that's per person. And we talked about this in our last webinar, but I think it's important for us to cover it again Medicare has something called an income related adjustment amount. And what that means is if your income hits certain thresholds, you're gonna have to pay more for part B and for part D, okay? So if you are, uh, if you file single and your income is under 87,000, or if you're married and your income is under 174,000, then you're just gonna pay the, the regular premium for Part B and then whatever your drug coverage is. But if your income is above those amounts, then you're gonna have to pay an extra premium. So we call this an extra tax because as your income is increasing, then you're gonna have to pay more for your Medicare premiums. We find this a lot, um, you know, sometimes we hear people say when they first retire, oh, my income's not gonna be in one of those brackets. But it can be easy to get there once you're over age 72 and you have to start taking out required minimum distributions. So at that point, the IRS is gonna make you start taking money from your retirement accounts. If you have IRAs, 401ks, deferred comp, 403Bs, anything of those of that nature, and that income gets added on top of your current income and can push you into these higher levels. So John, I'm thinking about um, our client several years ago, they, uh, they took money out of their IRA to fund a big trip. They were going on a big trip and they took some money out of their IRA and it pushed them over the limit. And so um, they then got a notice from Medicare hey, your income was above these limits and you're gonna have an extra premium to pay. Now, Medicare does a two-year look back. So when they're doing the, uh, the in, what's your premium gonna be for 2021, they're looking at your tax return from 2019. So that's important to note too, it's a two-year look back. It's not current year. They're looking back the last two years and they'll look at that every year. 
So let's look at some um, ideas about some different premium amounts here. So first we're gonna look at uh, monthly premiums for supplemental coverage. So we just talked about what the Part B premium will be, the 148.50. Here's an example here though. If you did go with original Medicare, meaning you sign up for Parts A and B, you could have a Medigap policy of around $200. That's an average. And then also your drug plan could be around $40 per month. If you compare and contrast that, a Medicare Advantage plan, that could be around $50 per month. But again, Medicare Advantage plans, you really wanna look at what are those deductibles and everything else that will be in that plan. Out-of-pocket cost. You've got co-payments for drugs and doctor's visits, and you've also got your non-covered services like dental, vision, hearing, and any sort of like alternative care, like acupuncture or chiropractic visits. Um, some Medicare Advantage plans do cover, you know, you can get an all-inclusive plan through Medicare Advantage plans that have dental and vision and hearing. And again, you wanna make sure that you choose the plan that's right for you that covers the services that you need. Here's a sample budget that we might look at here of a monthly premium. So you've got Part B at $148.50. You've got a Medigap policy at $200 a month and a drug plan at $40 per month. So that comes to about $388.50 per month. And that's, an, that's per individual. So if it's a couple, you're going to want to um, double that, okay? Let's take a look at, now we've talked about monthly premiums. We talked about earlier too, that there's that's not just all that you're gonna be paying for in uh, retirement, you're gonna have these other costs. So let's take a look at a sample of a first year budget for premiums and out-of-pocket costs. So, you know, this is just a starting point. Your, your healthcare expenses in retirement could be more, could be less, but we really just wanna get the conversation started. So what we're looking at here are those monthly premiums that we just looked at, came to 388.50, okay? How much is that gonna be? We've got an average of some out-of-pocket costs for prescription drugs, for dental vision, and any other care that you might need throughout the year. That comes to about 6,200 per year. Again, that's a per person number, right? And again, this is you know just a sample budget, we just really wanna get you to start thinking about what your own costs will be and making sure that you have a plan to pay for that. Now let's talk about transitioning to Medicare. The main thing here you wanna look for is that you want your Medicare to start on the first of the month that you turn 65, okay? That's the key there. Um, and again, back to that, we already talked about earlier about who needs to enroll in when. So about three to five months before you turn 65, you really wanna be researching what your options are. You wanna find out if you have an employer or retiree insurance available to you and understand how that insurance is gonna work with Medicare. If you're keeping your employer or retiree insurance for supplemental coverage, make sure you enroll in parts A and B and ask if you need to enroll in part D to make sure it's got credible coverage. If you're not keeping employer retiree insurance, then decide if you need to have a Medigap policy paired with a prescription drug plan or a Medicare Advantage plans, Medicare Advantage plans. 
you want to shop for plans and choose and apply one that is going to fit your needs and make sure that you have the right effective date about when that coverage needs to start. So once you're on Medicare, the other thing you're going to want to look at here is this is something you're going to want to review every year in the fall. We talked about earlier about reviewing those drug plans, but you just want to make sure that in, in general, whatever Medicare plan you're on, you review that every fall. Uh, you can see premiums go up. You can see um, networks change, things like that. So you just want to make sure that you're reviewing your coverage every open enrollment, which happens in the fall. So you can decide if you're going to stay in your current plan or do you need to switch to something else. If you decided to go the Medigap policy, the policy itself won't change, but the drug plan with it might. And so again, we talked about that earlier. You just want to make sure that your drug plan covers the prescription drugs that you're currently taking. New plans go on the market every year, so you just want to make sure if there's anything out there that's available that's going to put you in a better position. Um, and then, of course, as things change, too, if there's something that comes up that John and I see that we want to make sure, we'll make sure we get that out to you. Um, John, I know we've covered a lot of information and we're kind of coming up here on the end of uh, our webinar. Any thoughts that you have before I um, summarize? I had a, a thought that went through my head a moment ago. You were talking about and seeing that visual of the prescription bottle on the lifesaver there, the preserver. You know, healthcare costs are very high in this country. And there's a lot of debate about it among politicians. You know, should you have Medicare for all? Should you have Obamacare or whatever? But the truth of the matter is, it comes to us as individuals to take personal responsibility to take the time to understand what's available, design a plan that fits us. And I'm just amazed at the number of times people will come to us, especially those who want to retire before 65, and they have no game plan for their health insurance. And we'll ask the question, what is your, what is, how will you pay for your health care in retirement? And sadly, a lot of people don't have a clue. And they're dealing with misconceptions, usually because of a well-meaning friend told them what they were doing, and they thought, well, I'll just do the same. You, you can't approach it that way. It's, it's, it's like on the retirement income planning side. Now, and uh, since we have a little time, our process is to look at everything. Something as mundane as your car insurance and your homeowners, your health insurance, like we're talking about today, uh, your legal documents, your life insurance. All of this is important on the protection side before we even think about assets and liabilities and income streams. And, and budgeting. But all of this is part of it. It just struck me that, you know, if you did not have your coverage set up properly and you were sick or hurt, you could destroy your savings and investment plan or retirement account. Because how many times have we seen people April that had to take money out of their retirement accounts, pay taxes, in some cases penalties, because they had to pay health care costs for themselves or uh, an adult child even that lost their job and they're back home. So there's just so many moving parts of this that I just would encourage everyone uh, listening today, watching this, uh, schedule a telephone come up with us. Let's just talk about your situation. I call it having a conversation. Let's just have the conversation and everything may be perfect. Something may pop out that we can help you with. But that's really it for me. Just understand this is a complicated subject. And um, 
it, like most things in my career, uh, had to get involved in learning more about it because people ask questions and then I had to do it for myself. And, you know, they say experience is the best teacher. <laughs> so we've got the experience, some of it good, some not so good. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and I would just echo what you said. You know, I think this is, um, you know, we talked about earlier about health insurance being a silo. You know, uh, healthcare in general and retirement is a silo. It's only one piece of the puzzle. It's it's a critical one. It's one we've got to figure out and have a plan on how to pay for, for healthcare and retirement, but it's only really a small piece of the puzzle. So uh, I echo what you say, said, John. I think uh, if you're on the call, um, you've got some questions. You know, I know we we try to cover as much as we can, but we can't get to every individual situation. So I'd recommend we set up a time and, and have a call and kind of go through that. Any questions or concerns uh, they may have. Well, and that um, kind of wraps us up today for our presentation on transitioning to Medicare. Before we get off, I do want to tell you we have another webinar that we're continuing on this series about Medicare. We had so much interest in December. I think we had over 100 people sign up for a webinar in December. So we um, definitely knew that there was some interest in, in Medicare. And so we've got another webinar coming up on February 18th. And we're going to be digging more into how to pay for healthcare, um, how to avoid those penalties, especially from that IRMA, the income related adjustment amount. So we're going to get into some strategies there with everyone about uh, about Medicare, how to pay for it and how to avoid any of that IRMA tax, as we like to call it. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. John, any last minute, any last words before we sign off? I appreciate you uh, coordinating this. And folks, I hope you've uh, benefited today and uh, pick up the telephone and give us a call or send an email and uh, let us uh, hear from you. And just a reminder that if you want a copy of the uh, presentation, uh, request it. We're just not going to send out everybody willy-nilly if you want it. Uh, we'll be happy to provide it to you. Thank you. Great. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. and We'll talk soon. If you'd like to know more about John Curry services, you can request a complimentary information package by visiting johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Again, that is johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Or you can call his office at 850-562-3000. Again, that is 850-562-3000. John H. Curry, Chartered Life Underwriter, Charter Financial Consultant, Accredited Estate Planner, Master's in Science and Financial Services, Certified in Long-Term Care, Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. Securities Products and Services and Advisory Services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial Corporation is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities. Park Avenue Securities is a member of FINRA and SIPC. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this material, we are not undertaking to provide investment advice for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact one of our financial professionals for guidance and information specific to your individual situation. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Guardian and subsidiaries, agents, or employees do not provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Not affiliated with the Florida Retirement System, the Living Balance Sheet, and the Living Balance Sheet logo are registered service marks of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York, copyright 2005-2020. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities or Guardian and opinion stated are their own. 
2021-116815 expires April 2023.